0: The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. A's Cast Live. Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. One
1: on invest. And, and Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter.
0: And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout and he
1: blasts one. Way back! Go for unit! Tony Bellinger!
0: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
2: Well, normally we're doing this show from the field. It's really the best set in all of baseball. No one has what we have here on A's Cast Live when we're doing the show right next to the dugout. But today, we've had to move up, and we're in the visiting GM booth where I have hosted a bazillion, and I mean a bazillion pre- and post-game shows over the years. So familiar territory today here on A's Cast Live, and we have a lot to get into. Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago is going to be here at 445. We're going to be talking about it's happening foul pole to foul pole, netting for the Chicago White Sox. One down, 29 more to go. It's going to happen. Ben Ross from NBC Sports California, our buddy who covers the A's, will be here at 5. We'll talk about this I mean, this series and watching the Baltimore Orioles. My God, I, I don't know where they are. They're not in rebuild mode because they, they still got guys you want to get rid of. I mean, it's a dumpster fire, but you take care of a dumpster fire, and that's what the A's did. Brian Kenny from the MLB Network is going to be here at 545, host of MLB Now, absolutely my favorite show on television. Yes, I'm a baseball dork, and you're a baseball dork. You love that show. And then Chris Russo, the Mad Dog. I've had him on my programs for years, bringing him back here on A's Cast Live. I can't wait to ask him because... Like what we're doing here, we all took a chance with this. He did the same thing years ago, leaving WFAN in New York to go to satellite radio. He took a chance with his career. I can't wait to talk to him about what we're doing and how he did his own channel on Sirius. So the Mad Dog's going to be here at 6 o'clock, and then David Adler from MLB.com will join us. It's a jam-packed, Show. We will start it out with the breaking news that has just come down. And this is like, am I watching Narcos all over again? Really? David Ortiz, Big Poppy, everybody loves Big Poppy. They are now trying to say officials in the Dominican, the Attorney General of the Dominican Republic, that David Ortiz was not the intended target of a murder plot. Are you kidding me? You think I buy this? This is drug cartel wanted him. They got him. And now drug cartels have so much power. This is something that the United States learned years ago with Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar was getting... He was getting away with everything until he blew up a jet, a jetliner that had some American passengers on it. Then he became an enemy of the United States of America. And then that's when it all went downhill for the most powerful drug lord of his time. He was getting away with everything. He attacked his own country. He attacked his own Supreme Court down there in Colombia. Go read Killing Pablo. Go watch Killing Pablo on YouTube. This guy was the worst guy ever. And he got away. They they even voted him into politics, and they knew he was a mass murderer. It wasn't until he blew up a jetliner that had Americans on it because he was trying to get a guy who was running for president there in Colombia that the United States said, enough's enough, here we come. This reeks of this. And you know, Big Poppy wants this to go away because there's a woman involved. There's video out there on the internet of this woman who is connected to one of these drug kingpins down there. She shows up to the hospital. They have video of her showing up to the hospital, wrestling, trying to get past Big Poppy's people so she can see him. This is all out there. And now they're trying to say, oh, yeah, yeah mistaken identity, my bust. <laughs> I mean, really? Are we really going to buy this? This just kind of goes along with the whole he tested positive for PEDs, and now we want to act like that's not real. So the attorney general said that the authorities believe that Victor Hugo Gomez Vasquez, a fugitive believed to be part of the Del Golfo, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Del Golfo drug cartel in Mexico orchestrated the alleged hit. They're saying that the shooter confused David Ortiz with his buddy, Sixto David Fernandez. It was supposed to be for Sixto, not Big Poppy, And just to tell you, Just how things work in different parts of the world. You ready for this? All right, so let me so. So Gene Alon Rodriguez, the country's attorney general, claimed that the shooter confused Ortiz with Sixto, his buddy, because they were both in light-colored pants. So Big Poppy is an he's he's a national hero everybody knows who he is in the Dominican republic he's a na- it's like ichiro in japan everybody knows who he is but according to the attorney general they confused ortiz and fernandez because they had light like, colored pants well here is my question then why in the video that's been shown by police the man identified as Sixto Fernandez appears to be wearing dark jeans. So we're being told that a national hero, a huge star, not only in the United States, but in the Dominican Republic, and I've been around Big Poppy, you know exactly who Big Poppy is. There's no way you don't know who Big Poppy is that you went and shot a national hero and you just confused him with his buddy because of their pants. And the police video shows their pants weren't the same color. And oh yeah, the mistress, who's supposedly linked to Big Poppy and also linked to one of the drug guys, was seen at the hospital when Big Poppy was at the hospital having surgery as they were saving his life. And video shows Big this mistress violently trying to get past big Poppy's people so she can see him in the hospital oh no no nothing to see here it was just a it was just a hit and, and it's the wrong who got paid off you know big Poppy is he's gonna agree with this no question he just he wants out because he's got the wife of what 17 18 years something like that Just absolutely dirty. I can guarantee. I'm not saying allegedly. I'm saying dirty. This is dirty. The Dominican Republic. Welcome to the DR. All right, coming up next, I think this is a good thing. And I know there's some people who are so anti it. But I think if you go to the Tokyo the Tokyo Dome, which I've been twice, and I've sat in the seats at the Tokyo Dome and watched, see, watched the game through the nets, and the Nets go all the way down to the foul pole, I look back on it and go, you know, I really didn't even notice it after a while. The Chicago White Sox are going to be the first one to jump in the pool. We're going to have netting from foul pole to foul pole at the White Sox ballpark. Is this good for baseball, and how's it going to be done? We're going to find out next as we're going to the Windy City right here on A's Cast Live.
3: Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning from raffle sellers or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle.
0: From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you from awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2 2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Now, back to Ace Cast Live. Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, the Chicago
2: White Sox are going to be making history at guaranteed rate field later this summer. Do we know exactly when they're putting up the Nets yet? Well, hopefully, we're going to find out from Vinnie Duber from NBC Sports Chicago as the White Sox are going to be the first team to increase the protection at their ballpark. Obviously, this really stems from the girl that was hit between the Cubs and the Astros game. And if you recall, here on A's Cast Live, we had Jeff Blum on, Blummer, the Cal Bear, our buddy, World Series hero with the White Sox, but now does television for the Astros. He talked about the incident. And when the girl got hit by the foul ball and just talked about how, I mean, you had a stadium, you know, the Cubs are in town. It's a sold-out ballpark. And it was, oh, my, I mean, it was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. We've got juiced balls. We've got juiced bats. We've got balls flying into the stands. Check out StatCast of balls flying in the stands of over 100 miles an hour. You know, and everybody's like, well, get off your cell phone. You should be. You know what? When you get off your cell phone, every ballpark now tries to engage with the fans through their phones. You got players who are trained professionals. They're getting hit in the dugout. Balls are flying so fast. They've had to put netting in front of a ton of dugouts in baseball because the ball is so hot going into the dugouts. I think what the Chicago White Sox are doing is fantastic. I've seen it work as we've been in Tokyo. We were in Tokyo earlier this year. We were in Tokyo in 2012, and they have it at the Tokyo Dome, and it works. Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago joins us here on A's Cast Live. Vinny, how are we doing this afternoon? Doing fine. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk about the netting going up there in Chicago, a guaranteed rate field when, the, when was the decision made, and how do you think White Sox fans are going to take to it? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think
4: everybody kind of watching from afar kind of agrees with a lot of the stuff that you were just talking about, which is, you know, this is a no-brainer with how hard those foul balls are going into the stands at this point. People are getting hit. Uh, you know, somebody was hit uh, and had to be taken to the hospital earlier this year at Guaranteed Rate field. Obviously, there was that uh, incident that uh, Cubs outfielder Albert Elmore had down in Houston. Uh, where his foul ball struck that young fan. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is kind of being viewed as a no-brainer when you look at it from a I'm sure you'll have some people who are, you know, going to bemoan, you know, the change in their sight line and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the, the netting was extended by league rule down to the end of the dugouts a little while ago, and, and I haven't heard too many complaints about that. So I think this will probably be uh, in a similar category.
2: Yeah, so we've been very fortunate. Yeah, the A's are one of the teams that says, yeah, we'll travel overseas, we'll travel abroad. And uh, we have twice gone to Tokyo this past year in 2012. And each time, I'll roam around the Tokyo Dome uh, during the game. And I've actually sat down the right field line at the Tokyo Dome. You really – you know, after a while, you don't notice it. It's like sitting behind home plate. It's just – you don't notice it. So I hope people in Chicago really embrace it because this is something that really needs to happen throughout Major League Baseball. I, I, I think we're so lucky that more people aren't harmed by these foul balls. Unfortunately, the woman lost her life last year in, in L.A. I mean, when you sit in the stands, Vinny, and a ball's coming in, I don't even care if you have a glove. If it's coming in at, at a, over 100 miles an hour, it's so hard to protect yourself.
4: Yeah, and that's. I mean, the the players have been so supportive of this idea too. You know, they were asked about it after the the incident down in Houston, uh, and they were asked about it again yesterday. Lucas Giolito, who the White Sox uh, starting pitcher this evening, you know, said, "I don't care if you're paying full attention and you've got a glove, you know, two or three feet wide. You're not going to catch something that's coming at you at 115 miles an hour. It's not going to help you too much at all." He he mentioned a few weeks ago that these are professional athletes that sit in the dugout who have been around baseball their entire life, and and they're. They're getting hit every once in a while by these foul balls. They're not able to get out of the way. So uh, again, I think everybody's kind of viewing this as a, as a really good decision, a positive decision. Uh, and you know, you, you know, you mentioned are, are there going to be people who are upset if the netting is extended? Probably, but you know, the the people still sit behind home plate. They still pay the most uh, money to sit there than anywhere in the park. So uh, I, I really think this is going to be uh, something that is adopted. Very well here in Chicago, and I, it wouldn't surprise me to see the league uh, do something similar league-wide coming up here soon either.
2: Yes, because I, I think about that, and let's say, let's say 28 teams do it, and two don't, and they refuse to do it, and then they have somebody uh. injured by a foul ball. How bad of a look that would be, and boy, what a lawsuit they would have on their hands. Even I, I know what it says on the back of the ticket, but if the rest of Major League Baseball is doing it, and then all of a sudden you don't, I just really think that could be a really bad look for a few teams that don't do it.
4: Yeah, and I think that's probably going to be something too that you see is you know these teams that do decide to do it like the White Sox extend it down to the foul poles. You're probably going to see good press coming for them, and and so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other teams try to follow suit and and do something that's going to get them some good press too. And as well, uh, like I've said a few times now, it just kind of seems like a no-brainer at this point. I mean, you know, guys are so focused on exit velocities and hitting the ball really really hard, so there's an increased uh, you know n- notice of the danger that is posed when you get in front of one of those balls that's traveling. Uh, over 110 miles an hour so uh, I think this is something that is uh, evolving probably pretty rapidly and that's probably for the best
2: and how about the surprise that is the Chicago White Sox here this year at 35 and 36 on the south side how are White Sox feeling about this young team
4: yeah, they're loving it. Obviously, they've been asked for uh, for patience for some time now during this rebuilding process, and you're starting to see a lot of bright spots at the major league level that indicate just how bright the future is for this team. You look at a guy like Giolito, who's, who's got some of the best numbers of any pitcher in baseball. Uh, Tim Anderson has been uh, a real focal point here in the early going this season, too. They've got a great discovery they made on the free agent market in James McCann, who's turned out to be very good offensively for them this season, and a guy who could stick around for the future. And then you still got the guys who are coming up through the minor leagues guys like Luis Robert guys like Dylan Cease who provide a lot of hope for this team in the future too uh they're going to get Michael Kovac back at the beginning of next year they should have some of those minor leaguers on the team from opening day starting in 2020 so I'm not sure that this year is the year where we're going to be talking about a White Sox playoff run come September uh but it is a very positive thing going on and of course I've yet to mention Aloy Jimenez, who hit that monster home run uh, to beat the Cubs here at Wrigley Field last night.
2: Oh, I bet White Sox fans absolutely just love that,
5: right?
4: <laughs> yes, they were very excited. I mean, I, I think the, the best thing you could have seen, too, was the excitement on Jimenez's face. I mean, there's a guy who was who was signed by the Cubs and thought he would always be playing his big league home games at Wrigley field. Then he gets traded to the white Sox. He's a good situation there for the long term with the future that they've got going. So he's not disappointed about that, but he comes and he's this first game at Wrigley field as a, as a major leaguer. And he does that. It was really an unbelievable moment. You really couldn't script it any better than that.
2: You know, and, and we talk about this all the time. And Jimenez is having a very good year. We talk about it between the Giants and the A's. They rarely ever trade with each other over the years. Brian Sabian and Billy Bean, and we wonder <laughs> if that's going to change with Farhan Zaidi as the new new man running baseball operations for the Giants because he used to work for Billy Bean and they're close. But Jimenez, he it's a great it's a great just, weighted story to tell you why teams don't like to trade because we have we have four two team markets and teams don't like to trade because if you trade a guy across town and he ends up being great all of a sudden it comes back to haunt you and you can think of like Sammy Sosa I mean it, it can be it can be rough trading w- with a partner that's in town.
4: Yeah. And I mean, it's more media attention than anything else. Right. I mean, if you if you are the guy who traded that uh, player away, you've got to hear about him every day because you're going to flip on the the nightly news or or read the the paper every day or or go to the website and you're going to see among coverage of your team coverage of the guy you traded away also so this was obviously just the first chapter in the uh, in this last night with Jimenez facing the Cubs for the first time uh, the White Sox are certainly thrilled with what they got obviously the Cubs were happy to get Quintana kind of stabilize their pitching rotation but uh, certainly Jimenez and, and Cease as well who came over on that trade are expected to be big-time contributors for the White Sox uh, for the better part of the
2: next decade. Tell me about Moncada. What, what what do you think he is going to be long term? As it looks like he's starting to blossom too. Yeah, he's
4: played a really good third base this year, and this is his first season playing that at the major league level after playing second base all of last year. And he made a lot of errors last year at second base. So the expectations weren't necessarily super high for him playing a new position this year, but he's played really well over there. Defensively, offensively, he's bounced back. I mean, he struck out 217 times last year uh, this year, you know, the strikeouts are still there, but the other numbers are there too. And he's playing a lot better. He's been bothered by a little bit of a back issue here of late, but uh, if he can just kind of be that reliable guy, he's another guy who was a big time return piece in a trade in the Chris sale Trade uh, that sent Chris Sale to Boston. So, uh, Moncada is definitely a guy that a lot of spotlight is on, uh, and he's playing well so far this season. It's good for him, too, that he's got guys like Tim Anderson and Gilito and Jimenez playing well around him,
2: also. Let's end on this. Are White Sox fans and the Southsiders happy now that they didn't actually sign Manny Machado?
4: Oh, I don't think I could go that far. I think everybody really wanted Manny Machado here, and certainly Manny Machado would have been. You know gone gone hand in hand with all these other young guys that they've got. that would have been a an acquisition that would have been part of the rebuilding plans, not one that would have changed them on the fly. Uh, obviously. He would have played on the left side of the infield. He doesn't come to Chicago, and they're able to put Moncada at third base uh, and and save that second base spot for for Nick Madrigal, a guy that they took in the first round last year. Uh, but at the same time, Manny Machado is a very, very, very good baseball player, and people really wanted him here in a White Sox uniform. That being said, I think you're seeing a little bit of what Rick Hahn and Rick Renneria were saying during the, uh, the offseason, which was, yeah, Aloy Jimenez might be that kind of caliber of a player, caliber of a hitter uh, by the time his development uh, reaches the top of its arc, also. So I think they're very happy with where they at. Are they uh, fine with missing out on Machado? I wouldn't go that far.
2: All right. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you. Let's hook up uh, in August when the Athletics are taking on the White Sox. The A's are going to be in Chicago for an entire week. They got three against the Cubs, a day off, and then three against the White Sox. So we'll talk to you in August.
4: Sounds good. Thank you.
2: Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago with us here on A's Cast Live. The reason why I asked that, and you might say, Townsend, that's that's ridiculous. Well, really? Really? Is it really ridiculous? Because let's go to the standings, shall we? And we'll go to the standings. And I look down in the National League West and the San Diego Padres are 38 and 37. 38 and 37. Oh, but Manny Machado. Manny Machado's just been suspended because he flips out on an umpire. I just, Those long-term deals, how often do they work? How often do those long-term those long-term deals Look at Miguel Cabrera right now. Look at Albert Pujols. And I know we're saying, yeah, Townie, Townie, they bought him in their prime. Okay. Let's just see long-term how much the – Will he even finish his career with the San Diego Padres? Remember Alex Rodriguez? They bought him in his prime with the Texas Rangers. He's going to tra- He A-Rod, they're going to build this whole baseball city because of A-Rod. they in Texas and Arlington. And I now know what they're talking about because I've now seen it now that I've been there. A-Rod was supposed to change everything for the Rangers. Yeah, he finished in New York. Sometimes it's better when these guys sign somewhere else for you long term. I, I I would bet right now if we had if I'm if I'm in Vegas and you know we can do talk betting now because baseball's getting into betting by the way. They're talking about having betting at Wrigley Field. We'll get into that at another time. If I was standing in a sports book right now and I had to bet Machado spends his entire career with the Padres, I'm betting no. Maybe that'll be in buying or selling. I don't know. That's up to Commander Cody. We are going to be talking a little A's baseball with a man who covers the A's for NBC Sports California. Ben Ross will join us next right here on A's Cast Live.
0: Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Looking to take A's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts, and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today.
3: The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program. Presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information.
0: Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage, along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com slash groups. Athletics.com slash groups. Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shibe Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com/groups. Hey,
3: kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund.
0: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. One-line
1: and missed, and Mike Fiers has thrown his second no-hitter.
0: And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he
1: blasts one. Way back! Go for Tony Bellinger hits one out.
0: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener, to launch angles, to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You can
2: follow him on Twitter, at Ben Ross Tweets. Follow everything he does covering the athletics, NBC Sports California. And just another cow guy. We just kept cow people <laughs> everywhere around here.
6: Can never have too many.
2: We've had Marcus Simeon on the show. We've had Mark Can on the show. We've got Bob Melvin. I mean, you guys are like eh, Roxy Bernstein. I mean, you guys are like a disease, for God's sake. Don't
6: forget Chris Giles. Chris
2: Giles. You guys just, oh, my God, Cal this, cow that.
6: We're multiplying. The, the number
2: one public. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm so over that. Um, So how are you doing?
6: Doing well. Good to uh, be here for a sweep.
2: I got to tell you, I don't know what the game plan is, and we had the assistant general manager yesterday, Mydell, Sig Mydell. He was one of the guys that came over. Mike Elias brought over from uh, – they're the guys that went from St. Louis to Houston now to Baltimore. And, you know, they, they're going to try and copy the Houston model. But haven't seen them now twice and, you know, ever occasionally uh, seeing them. I don't know what they're doing because they're not in rebuild mode yet. And they got a long way to
6: go. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no question that it, it's not a fun time to be an Orioles fan. It, they're hopefully building towards something. But as you said, I mean, it it seems to be a ways away. They did. I like the draft pick they, they just got with Rutschman first overall. It's going to take a few more of those top draft picks, and maybe that's what they're counting on. But it, it's going to be a long process, I think, for these Orioles. Yeah, I think I said the other day, and you're world series
2: champion in 2026 exactly. like what he did for the for the Astros
6: exactly but that is
2: a that is a rough model obviously ownership has to has to agree and there's no guarantee you're going to become like the Houston Astros and if that doesn't work you could really be setting yourself up for
6: more than a decade long of just awful baseball the other issue i see with them is i mean when you're a team like that you you want to sell off your assets for young prospects and picks at this point though. I just don't know if they have anything, anyone that's worth anything. So they're going to basically have to go with, with who's already in their system. And then, as I said, kind of build through the draft. I mean, the one good thing about being that bad, as we saw with the Astros, you're going to get some top picks. You just have to nail them. You're going to have to nail them. And
2: the Astros nailed them. And that's one of the reasons why the Astros are where they are. And, You know, we talked to Scott Boris the other day and Boris talked about, you know, it's a three prong deal. You know, you have to hit in the draft. You have to hit in free agency. You you know, there's all these things that you have to hit on. And the Astros have done that. You actually will have a piece coming out with Scott Boris. How was Scott when you interviewed him?
6: Yeah, it was great. Uh, My first time getting a chance to actually talk to him in person. So we will have a a one on one uh, coming out tomorrow on NBC Sports California on our website. Uh, talked about a wide range of things. He, I mean, he represents some of the, the A's best players. Obviously Matt Chapman is, is the big one. Uh, he was here for the, you know, the, the first round draft pick Logan Davidson. So we talked about him. We talked about Chapman and a possible extension. Um, and then also Sean Manaya is someone else he represents as well as jerks and profar.
2: Okay. So I'm interested. I asked him about Chapman and I don't (laughs) want to spoil your, your, your piece. Sure. Um, what did he say to you about Chapman?
6: Well, you know, it, you probably know Scott Boris even a little bit better than yeah. I do, but you, I asked him about Chapman. It was pretty funny because he kind of – he starts to answer the question, and then he just went off on a long tangent just yes, about the – same the, thing, uh, About the Oakland market. And, yeah. And he starts talking about the Asian markets. I don't know if he got into Japan and Korea do with Do we you. have that? <laughs> Commander Cody, you got to I, hear I think hear he's this. got the same answer ready to go for that. Do we have it? Okay, so – We'll
2: read what he said to you tomorrow. Okay. Okay. This is what he said to us. It's the
1: exact same thing. You know, I think when you have Matt in an organization, we always do. We listen, obviously, because that's what Matt's instructed me to do, because um, I work for Matt. And, there he is. and and in the process of the ownership and the Fisher family and and uh, and Billy and David, obviously, we sit down and talk about it. I think the Oakland the Oakland franchise is one that's it's i think being from northern california you can explain to your clients a lot about where, where we're going here wow. and this is really going to be a an excellent base for a major league franchise because uh, we're going to see this bay area grow from 9 10 million people to 13 14 we're going to see the transition of the city of oakland uh you know we're going to see a lot of people that are in the workforce in the 30s and 40s the the tech world corporate uh dynamic we're gonna we're gonna see major changes in this area and coupled with that is the future of major league baseball because i think major league baseball is going to have a you just have a market in japan and korea that is almost an additional you know 180 million people you may see as many as five franchises and then you're going to have this time zone you're going to have a a trans-pacific uh entity to our game um so I, i think we're uh to have franchises in these areas grow up to be what they should be and that is major components of the league. Um, I think Oakland has all that and that definition and that evolution I think this ownership has a vision for uh, beginning with the stadium and once players see that that actually is going to happen and that this becomes a destination to stay uh, then the, the culture of what players think of Oakland is not a three or four year stay but maybe a career dynamic Uh, once that is something that is realized and believed uh, with the definition of a base and an ownership uh, commitment to do all that I think then you're going to see players look at this area and and this franchise very differently than they did in the past it's really about a combination (laughs)
6: <laughs> does that sound familiar i i think he memorized that answer because that sounds very familiar
2: long story short let me just tell you what he said there and it will be in your piece tomorrow too yeah show me the ballpark and then we might be interested in an
6: extension yep that was kind of the translation i took from it as well and i don't blame him but the bottom line is, okay, you know, and he's from
2: Sacramento, so he. And I don't know if he grew up an A's fan or not. A lot of people do in Sacramento. I I could see – You know, I understand it's a business deal. It's like, okay, Matt is already – so Matt did – it was the interview that I did with him last year where we weren't even – I, I don't play the attendance game because I realize the people – and it's the same thing for you and your work with, with NBC Sports California. The people who show up to the ballpark, they listen to my show. They read your articles. We've got them. The people who aren't showing up, they don't listen, so why even talk about them? Right. And Matt, so I never go there with players, but it was the interview that I did with Matt last year where he, he goes, and I wasn't expecting this. I mean, we're, we're taping the interview, and he goes, why don't people show up? We're winning. And I was like, yeah, I really don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> But that's something that Matt, Matt is a really, really competitive guy. Mm-hmm. He wants A's fans to be out here. He wants to play in front of the big crowds. He loves playing for Bob Melvin. These guys in the clubhouse all love each other. I see Scott's point, though, don't you? It's like, okay, he may love it here, but long-term, if this is what it's going to be, this is a prime-time guy. He's not going to sign here unless you got a new ballpark coming.
6: Well, and I think that is why the ballpark is so important because you, you look at where matt chapman is at right now he's still early in his career and the a's do have him under control basically for at least the next four years um and so if you do get the new ballpark and and you're able to keep winning i mean look the future for this team looks bright i mean we've seen the talent already this year and last year some of the young guys but then you look at guys like lazardo and puck who are you know getting back and we might be seeing them here soon those are going to be frontline starters for a long time i mean those are special talents so you add that some of the young hitters that you've already got I think this is going to be a really good team and yeah if the new ballpark can happen and uh we'll see I, I I think he really does enjoy being a part of this team you just see him in the clubhouse every day I think Chapman really loves the the mood the vibe he loves playing for Bob Melvin he loves his teammates so we'll see what happens in the next few years but you know I don't think it's out of the question what else did Boris give you well, we talked to basically about his clients. You know, one of the interesting things he said about Logan Davidson was you probably heard from the A's that a lot of their people were surprised he was still available at 29 where they picked him and they were excited about that. Boris said it kind of reminded him of Matt Chapman, kind of, ha- you know, a guy who lasted a little bit longer than he thought he should have. Uh, they saw something special in Chapman. They see something similar in Davidson. Uh, at least that's what Boris says. And I, I think a lot of scouts out there really like his game. So he, he gave me some good stuff on, on Logan Davidson, gave me some more good stuff on Matt Chapman and his development. I'll tell you that one thing. Uh, Boris really he, – he speaks really highly of the A's as far as developing players and and just their development staff. And uh, he he thinks that they're near the top of the league when it comes to that. So And I think it's hard to argue when you see – some of the talent that we've seen on the field and, and the guys that have come through the minor leagues, the Matt Chapmans, the Matt Olsons, even a guy like Ramon Loriano, who comes over from Houston and now has turned into a great player here. Uh, so I think that's when you're a team like the A's who maybe doesn't spend as much money payroll-wise, development is a huge factor.
2: Ben Ross from NBC Sports California joins us here, A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend, as for day games we will always be on Monday through Friday will be on after the game till 7 o'clock. Yeah, that's, and that always gets brought up when when you bring in the prospect and uh, you say, hey, listen, you know, in Oakland, you're going to have a chance to get here faster. And I think for Boris, and I've talked a bit, he and Billy and David Forrest, they they really do have a good relationship. As a lot of people want to act like Scott Boris is the devil, and that, that's not really correct. If I'm Boris, I like my clients being – in oakland i mean he's thinking as an agent and ace fans you're not going to like this is i can get my player to the big leagues faster arbitration is what it is but i can also get my player to free agency faster build your resume here and if it doesn't work out here i can go get him paid somewhere else and i can get him paid
6: faster no that's a great point because you're right i mean the clock is ticking basically once you get to the big leagues and with the A's, you get that opportunity a lot of the time. We've seen these guys come up through the system and, and get their chance. And so I think that's a really good point, that early in, in a player's career, playing for a team like the A's, you've got opportunities that maybe you don't have uh, in larger markets. Like, you know, you look at the Red Sox or the Yankees who go out and get free, big-time free agents every year. Maybe there's just not the same opportunity uh, for the young prospects, at least early in their career.
2: I want you to put a date on your calendar. Are you ready? All right. Let's do this. July 5th. And the reason why I say that, because the A's now are on a 13-game stretch against the Rays, Cardinals, Angels, and Twins. Going into today, those teams combined for a 567 winning percentage. What will the A's record be, and where will they stand in the wild card race after these 13 games on July 5th, when they'll be taking on the Seattle Mariners?
6: Oh, man, that's a good question. I right, I'm pull, I pulled up my schedule here. So you got four against the Rays, who the A's did go there and take two out of three. I, I'm not going to lie. I think you've got to be happy with a split against the Rays. This is a good team. Three of four would be great, but I'll say they split there. What do you got? Two in St. Louis. I'll give them a split there as well. I think they'll take two of... Uh, I'll give them three of four against the Angels, so that puts them at, what, five, six, and four? And then I'll say two of three from the Twins.
2: Wow, positive. I will like be positive it.
6: there. So I'll say eight and five, which would put them six games above 500.
2: On Friday, we have David Forst, and we have the David Forst show here on A's Cast Live. I can't wait to ask him, because there is this belief with some teams that you don't go for the wild card like you're not going to give up your your prime your prime assets to just chase a wild card. Now the A's last year, they they acquired some people bullpen help because they knew they were going after the wild card. So that's why I think it this stretch when they come out of it, you know, and David Force has already said here that you know, it's a different year. We don't have the waiver wire process. We can't do like a Mike Fires deal like last year. You either got to be in or you're not by July 31st. So that that's why this stretch is so huge. Because if you have, if you end up after these 13 games and you're back under 500. Why would you trade any assets to try and save this team?
6: No, that's a great point. I mean, the one thing I'll say about last year where they did a really good job that, you know, they were able to bring in some big pieces, guys like fires and and in the bullpen, you know, Familia, uh, Rodney and Sean Kelly. They did it without trading away any of their really top assets. So that, that was something that was impressive. And I'm sure that they're going to try and do the same thing again, if they are in contention for the wild card, but no, you're right. I mean, Look, we're almost halfway through the season. The trade deadline is coming up just over a month, and so where we're at in a few weeks is going to be really important. If the A's do kind of struggle and and go under five hundred and find themselves maybe six, seven, eight games out of the wild card, I don't see them being buyers. Potentially you could see them sell uh, a couple of their older guys to to contenders. So these next few weeks – will probably go a long way in terms of determining what they're gonna do with the deadline.
2: And a lot of that will be based on one group, and that will be the bullpen. Tell me what you've seen with the bullpen.
6: Man, what a what a strange year for this bullpen. I mean, you look at, at the the season obviously that Blake Trinan had last year and you knew he wouldn't replicate that. Um, but you know he's shown signs of kind of getting back on track uh, obviously Lou Trevino has been kind of the big disappointment recently. He got off to a great start this year and it's, it's a little bit confusing to see him struggling like this just because the stuff, you know, Bob Melvin says it, the stuff is still there. Um, he's got that nasty sinker. He's got great movement on all of his pitches, great velocity. I think it's been a, a location issue mainly for him. Uh, and then the big money, the guy that they brought in this off season was Soria. They gave him the two years, 15 million. And he's having probably one of the one of the worst years of his career, at least to this point. But then on the other hand, you look at Liam Hendricks, and he's been tremendous. And I don't think people – I mean, I think we thought he could be good, but maybe not as dominant as he's been. Petit has been good. Bookter kind of up and down. But I don't know. I still feel like this bullpen has potential because it has depth. I mean, if you can get anything close to the Trevino and Trinan you had last year, you add that to Petit you add that to Hendricks, it can still be a good pen. I mean, look, they've had their issues, but they're still – I think when you look at the numbers, they're still sort of middle of the road. It's not like they've been near the bottom of the league, but we expected more from this pen.
2: Great stuff, my friend. NBC Sports California, and we'll uh, be looking for your Scott Boris, your interview tomorrow. Always interesting when you hook up with a guy that – if there's a Mount Rushmore – on people who, chain, who change who changed the game, I wonder if he'd be on it.
6: Man, he's got to be close. He is a uh, right? he's one of ba- he's one of baseball's more powerful people. I think you gotta you gotta give him that.
2: Babe Ruth would be on there because he essentially saved the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, teams were going out of business. He'd show up, they'd sell out, and they'd be able to pay employees and everything. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Kurt Flood.
6: You got a lot of good Scott options. Boris? You got a good lot of good options after that. <laughs>
2: bill james stop it <laughs> hey appreciate it thank you very much
6: hey anytime thanks for having me on
2: i have a list i have a list here i'll let you if you can hear that can you hear that i have a list in my hand and well it's actually three list where are the a's are they on the good part of this list or the bad part of this list and we'll talk about teams that are either going to be in or they're going to be out on ace cast live
0: Looking to take A's cast on the road with you on your next jog or road trip? Head over to athletics.com slash podcasts and you can download episodes of Taking Effect, Green and Gold History, A Season on the Road, and more. Visit athletics.com slash podcasts today. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors.
3: Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning from raffle sellers or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle
2: chris townsend for nestbedding.com if you've been mattress shopping you know the cost of a memory foam mattress is insane and what do you know about the company that makes the mattress and the other one that sold it to you check out my friends at nestbedding.com a local company that actually makes the mattress they sell right here in the usa which means you get a high quality memory foam mattress at half the cost and shipping is always free i love this company local business made in the usa free shipping did i mention their lifetime guarantee mattress and bedding needs go to nest betting.com
3: want to add to your collection of a's memorabilia but can't make it to the coliseum during every weekend home series the oakland a's community fund will hold a digital silent auction through the mlb ballpark app you can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app.
0: If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you from awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2 2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Today's cast live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend.
2: Ah, so baseball players are soft, huh? I'll tell you who's not soft. He's a man. Mad Max. Max Scherzer. You talk about a guy. He broke his nose. So yesterday... Bunting, he was practicing bunting, ball hits off the bat, boom, pops him in the nose and the eye, broken nose, and he's got a shiner, I mean, a really bad black eye, and you'd think there's no way you're going to pitch, right? I got to think if I broke my nose the next day, because there's also when you get hit like that, You now, as they like to call it, concussion protocol. When you get hit like that, that hard, it buzzes your tower. So you start to wonder, "Eh, I think we have to sit him out for a few days. Mad Max broke his nose, has a black eye. And right now the Nationals are up one zip on the Phillies. Through four innings, three hits, no runs. He struck out five. That guy's badass that guy I, you know what mad props already one of the great pitchers of his time, but the fact that you say you know what i'm I'm going out there and i'm I'm pitching I'm pitching i I was very 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 impressed by that we were talking about is he gonna have because we see basketball players all the time with the the mask the clear mask is he gonna have one of those masks you know Friday the thirteenth <laughs> the hockey mask. Jason, no mask, just going out there and dealing. So I found a list today. So it's basically a list, who's in, who's out, and who doesn't know yet. This is not my list. This is from MLB.com. And for people listening in the Bay Area, obviously... Both Bay Area teams are on this list, but they're separated by who's in and who's out. Let me give you the teams that they look at because of the July 31st trade deadline and teams are still in this thing for wild cards. Let me give you their list, who's in versus who's out and who doesn't know yet. These are the teams that are in the Atlanta Braves, the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago Cubs, the Cleveland Indians, the Colorado Rockies, the Houston Astros, who I couldn't believe Commander Cody, my producer, asked me today because the Astros got Altuve back and they lost and they've been winning without Altuve. Are the Astros better without Altuve? <laughs> Dude, that better not be in buying or selling. Is it in buy? Oh, my God. The Astros went, tw- uh, they won 24 of 35 without Altuve. I can't believe you're going to ask that question. I don't control buying or selling. I came up with the bit, but I don't control it. The producer controls it. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Minnesota Twins, the New York Yankees, the Philadelphia Phillies, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Rays, and your Oakland Athletics. That's who's still in it. And they're teams that should be looking to make moves to get better. I, I, I get why people people are so afraid now. You know, whatever happened to Jack McKeon and Trader Jack? Everybody's so afraid to do deals. Everybody's so afraid to make trades. Baseball executives now, I, I, they've gotten a little soft to me. And look at how many deals Billy Beans made over the years and David Forrest. Some of these guys, they, oh, we can't trade any prospects or we don't want to sign any contracts. It's like, you know what, grow, grow, grow some stones and make some deals. Go for it. It's about winning the ring. So those are the teams that are, according to this list from MLB.com, they're still in it. Who's out? Uh, I saw a team today I can guarantee is out, and they're on this list. Baltimore Orioles, the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, the Miami Marlins. It's alphabetical order. The San Francisco Giants, Seattle Mariners, and Toronto Blue Jays. Isn't it funny how there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 still in. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, out. So that leads us to my San Jose State math. Nine teams who, eh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know if we want to buy. We don't know if we want to sell. Where's our ownership? Are we going to rebuild? Are we not going to rebuild? Oh, we have these great prospects we have never done anything, but we're going to hold on to them. MLB.com has our top 30, and we're holding on to our top 30 prospects. If you listen to me long enough, you know how I feel about that. Prospects are suspects until they come up here and prove they can play at this level. Oh, boy. Hey, we saw – we just saw one of the great strikeout machines of all time in the minor leagues. I remember doing A's – what do we call it then? Because we've called it so many – would it have been A's talk then? We've had a couple different names for our pre- and post-game shows. Let's just be honest over the years. I believe it was A's talk at the time. And everybody – because ever since Moneyball, our franchise – And our fans have been obsessed with the minor leagues. Just obsessed with the minor leagues and player development. And all our friends at Athletics Nation and breaking down all the prospects. Dan the K-Man Straley. Oh, boy. Has anybody seen Dan Straley's numbers? This guy is incredible. This guy strikes – he's striking out people in the minor leagues at, at a historic rate. Dan Straley needs to come up, and Dan's going to be this, and Dan's going to be that. Okay. Okay. Dan the K-Man. Uh, didn't he give up home run number 22 yesterday?
7: Yeah, he did. I actually have a great story about Dan Straley quickly. When Dan Straley was getting caught up by the A's, I was still living on the East Coast in Pennsylvania in my parents', bedroom, uh, parents uh, house. And I'm glad you saved that. Yeah, I know that sounded that, a little weird. Yeah, that would have went really bad, your, uh, bad for me. Uh, so Straley was getting caught up by the A's, and I remember my buddy and, and buddy and I were going for him in, in fantasy, and we we're waiting for him to get added onto ESPN's website. We literally stayed up till six o'clock in the morning Eastern Time for Dan Shirley to get added to the fantasy baseball page, so one of us could add him. I ended up winning. My buddy fell asleep because he's a few years older than me. So I won. I won up for Dan Shirley, and boy, has his career really blossomed. Ever since then, he gave up his 22nd home run last night, and the Orioles now have given up 148 home runs on the season, which is just remarkable.
2: Dan the K-Man, I mean, record strikeouts in the minor leagues, has led the league in dingers twice. Well, he's leading this year. He also led the league in dingers in 2016. The man who was a strikeout machine for his career – 681 Ks in 803 in a third innings and a career 4.56 ERA. Carter and Taylor. Oh, Townie, we gotta call up Carter and Taylor, look what, and Taylor, what well, look what they're doing in Sacramento. These guys are going to be the greatest home-run power-hitting guys of all time. Twin Towers. It's it's McGuire and Casaco all over again. All the phone calls I took. Bring up Carter and Taylor. Carter and Taylor. Until you get up here and prove you're a big leaguer, that's the deal. All right, so here are the nine teams that, eh, where are we? Are we in or are we out? Number one, alphabetical order. The Arizona Diamondbacks, and the big deal here is, they want to get out from Zach Greinke's contract. And Arizona is actually two games over 500 right now. But do they want to? Do they want to add or do they want to subtract? And how bad do they want to get out of Greinke's contract? Number two. We were just talking about them in the netting. The Chicago White Sox. So they've got some really good young players, but they've got some other guys they might want to get rid of and keep 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 the young solution coming. And they're right in this thing. We were just talking about the White Sox. And the White Sox right now are a game. They're they're playing are they playing right now? I think they're playing right now. And the White Sox are 35 and 36. Number three out of the nine is the Cincinnati Reds. They're 34 and 38. I got to think Cincinnati with the way the Cubs are playing and the Brewers are playing, and you're still going to have to leapfrog the St. Louis Cardinals. They're they're a "Eh," team, but I think their aunt is going to be the sell. Then. The one that kind of shocked me, number four on this list, would be your Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and Disneyland. How are they? Billy Epler, their GM. How are they going to go? What are they going to do? Are they going to add, take on more payroll as the Halos with the win? They already won today, right? I believe they already won today. See, they took the scoreboard down. I don't have it in they're, front of me.
7: They're playing right now. They're up oh, they're 7-3 playing?
2: over Toronto. Mike, Mike Trout hit a grand slam. Trout hit a grand slam. I think that guy's going to be okay. Yeah, he's gonna. he might be a pretty good player if, if it plays out well for him. I think he might be all right. So they're going to have to decide where they are. They're 500 right now at 37 and 37. But once again, they're 10 and a half games out. They've got to leapfrog the A's. they got to leapfrog the Rangers. Right now they're from the outside looking in. And as we mentioned on this thirteen game set that the A's are about to embark on, we're gonna see the Halos again. And that could be a big series for them. Cause that's gonna be four down in Anaheim at the big A. A little disappointed in the big A's food. Thought they'd be better when I was down there. It's one thing I love to do when I go to these Ballparks, and I've been going to the the Big A is a trip for me because I, I, you know, as a kid growing up in San Diego, I went up to the Big A. I actually saw Rams games there and saw baseball games there. I saw my guy George Brett, my guy Nolan Ryan play there. I saw the A's play there. I remember the times we'd go to Disneyland one day and go to a baseball game the next day. But it was like it was like Candlestick. It looked like Candlestick Park. And now it's like they took like a cake cutter and (laughs) they cut off the, the outfield. It's a trip to be there. Number five, one of the major disappointments in the National League East, the New York Mets. The New York Mets went out and made trades, took on payroll, and they're 35 and 38. Edwin Diaz. You got him in the trade with Robbie Cano. You can't can't ship Cano. Would people be willing to pony up, even though Diaz isn't having a great year, would people be willing to pony up to get Diaz? I, 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 I think that would be really interesting. How about the A's? Would you like Diaz, another power arm? I, I can see him being moved. They're, where, where are they going? You're not catching Atlanta. No way. Number six, your Pittsburgh Pirates, Commander Cody.
7: They're losing right now to the Tigers again. So about to fall nine games under 500. You know what? Just embrace the tank. Sell them all off. Get rid of Felipe Vasquez. Josh Bell is an MVP
2: candidate in the NL. You know what? Oh, he just – he just uh did, 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 he tied Bonds. Who was it? Todd Helton and Bonds for the most extra base hits for the yeah. first X amount of I games. I think it was like
7: seventy two games. Yeah, he's he's uh he's been great, but the rest of the team has not been great. Chris, the, you're talking about trades of and uh, hoarding prospects. Uh, I'm a big fan of what they've done and building prospects and everything, but uh, the, well, the one time the Pirates actually go for it, they trade uh, Tyler Glasnow and, and Austin Meadows for Chris, Chris Archer. Archer, and Chris Archer has an area over five and a half, and Austin Meadows is a. Uh, he was leading the league in, hit, in uh, batting average for a while, and Tyler Glasson was great For he got hurt in the Rays. The Rays just absolutely stole everything from the Pirates. Hey, but Archer's year. got that sweet hair. Yeah, it fits in
2: great in Pittsburgh. He's but. got that sweet hair. Number seven, the San Diego Padres. Can you imagine? And, and A.J. Preller has done this before. Hey, we're going for it. Okay, unload everybody. You signed Manny Machado to a $300 million, deal, $300 million deal. Could you be a seller in the first year of that? That's why it's like, why would you ever sign in San Diego? They're 38 and 37. Run differential of minus 32. My brother, oh, he was, oh, you're going to go to the playoffs. They're going to take down the Dodgers. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I've seen this too many times. Padres, number seven. Number eight is the Texas Rangers. And the Rangers want to be in rebuild mode. They really want to be good next year when they go to their new ballpark, but they're 39 and 34. They're having a really good year. They are one truly one of the shuckers in Major League Baseball. Currently losing 5 nothing to the Indians. Hunter Pence is one like the most amazing story. The guy couldn't make contact last year, and now he's turned himself in, into the comeback player of the year. And number nine should shock nobody. This team might be the biggest underperforming team as they had huge expectations once again as even though they lost Bryce Harper, they brought in a bunch of guys. The Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals leading with with Max Scherzer on the mound and a broken nose. But Max Scherzer can't carry this team. They're 34-38. and 38. Both the Mets and the Nats on this list had high expectations. What do they do? Do you try and save a team that's 34-38? and 38? Isn't it nice to be an A's fan and be on the list of the 14 that are going for it? That's a much better list. So there you go. You got 14, 14 teams in it, and you got seven teams out of it, and you got nine teams questioning, are we in or are we out? Let's ask Brian Kenny. We got a lot to get into with Brian Kenny. My, my, my producer is obsessed with the opener, and so is Brian Kenny. We will get into the opener and so much more. He does an unbelievable job on the MLB Network, and he joins us next right here on A's Cast Live.
3: The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information.
0: Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com slash premium. Or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shibe Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com/groups. Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com slash premium today.
3: Want to give back to the community, along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community.
0: Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Now back to A's Cast, Live. A's Cast Live Here's Chris Townsend Coming up here we're going to have Brian Kinney
2: from the MLB Network Of course he is the host of MLB Now Weekdays at 1pm Plus he's also the author of Ahead of the Curve Inside the Baseball Revolution I always loved him doing boxing too He was great on ESPN, but when you get that opportunity, your love is the game of baseball, and you get that opportunity to do baseball at the network. I mean, he also does in the afternoons when they'll have the desk going. He'll be on there too, but MLB now, for the thinking fan, as they like to say, it it is a phenomenal show. I mean, mean, if you're a baseball person, you absolutely love the MLB network, and really these networks – cuz everything was ESPN back in the day. Everybody went to ESPN. I mean, it basically killed baseball tonight. Everybody everybody watched ESPN. It was baseball night, it was football, but all of a sudden once the MLB network showed up, the NFL network, I mean, you now get you get your fix. Do we have him? Brian Kinney, the host of MLB Now and also the author of Ahead of the Curve, Inside the Baseball Revolution. Brian, I have to be honest with you. Your show, I steal more from your show than any show ever in the history of my career. The show for the thinking fan, you're the best thing going on television. All of us baseball fans love it.
8: Excellent. Well, that's it. I'm glad I joined you. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Uh, oh my God! Well, you got your guys' research staff and all the stuff that you pull out, and we're all into analytics. It, it, it's just great stuff. And I think about what we're doing here. And as you know, the A's, we always like to think that we're ahead of the curve. What we're doing here with TuneIn Radio and the TuneIn app, and we have we now have a 24-hour, uh, seven-day-a-week streaming station. We're the only team in baseball allowed to do it we're really the guinea pig and it's something you know like you did you know leaving espn and going to the mlb network it's great to start something new that we'll all look back and go you know what the a's did that and now every team's doing
8: it baseball and media even with the zone uh you know the zone has a baseball package now i do the zone boxing streaming only you have to explain it to be to explain what you're doing but you know the next generation is going to be
2: that's the world we live in in talk radio when you cell phones. The dreaded cell phone. It's just a reality. No one even has landlines anymore. I still do just the only reason why I have a landline is because it comes with the package that I have. So I have a line. I don't I never use it. it it's there. Are they really. I don't even know why we have it, but we do have a landline. But that just, you know, is one of the problems that you have when you have cell phones. Do we have you back, Brian? I'm back. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> No problem. Go ahead. You're talking about uh, the zone, how you do boxing. And like we just have a lot of new ways to, to enjoy the sports that we love.
8: Yeah, and it was not that long ago cable was new, you know. And I was a part of baseball tonight when that was the best way to watch baseball because you could see several games at once. You couldn't jump in uh, right away. You couldn't jump in live, but you could at least get uh, games that were in progress and get highlights. That was cutting edge at the time. Then MLB Network comes around and we can jump into games live and go to game to game all throughout. And that's what we do now, so that's the best way to digest baseball. A lot of people watch it on the app and they can choose your games. I I prefer getting it on you know, an MLB tonight sort of uh, way and jump around and get the best parts of games, but also getting some perspective. You know, I like watching games, you know, just you know, one game at a time occasionally, but for the most part, I'd like to hear commentary. I want to get things properly set up, put into context, and then the crucial moments of games and baseball set up to be able to do that. So I think MLB tonight now is state of the art as far as testing baseball.
2: You know, you guys were talking about on your show, and we had one of the co-authors on this program from MVP Machine and got to see your interview with Trevor Bauer and, and, and talking to people recently, you know, the days of trying to get people to buy in, do you buy into analytics or you don't? The bottom line now, like with the Houston Astros, if you're not buying in, you're out of here. Everybody in the organization has to buy in. And once the Astros got that, look how things have just changed for them. I know you fought for it for years, but haven't you really noticed now in baseball – pretty much all organizations and even the Orioles we just saw here, you're either in or you're out. I
8: mean, it's, it's taken over the game and it's, it's done it at an accelerated pace. Over the last we were, imagine we were having this, you know, Cabrera MVP debate. A little ago. That wouldn't happen now. I don't think anyway. Uh, but you know, we've emerged out of the dark ages and now, um, which has turned to analytics and something different, as you mentioned uh uh Travis in the book, and you know they're on top of it uh, that you know the next wave, this wave right now is very player performance centric and so players now are turning to all these uh opportunities, whether it's technological or just having an open mind. In uh, accepting the information and using it to their advantage, it's gotten very basebally, as I've said, or I used to say scabby. Now it's just very baseball y. And the players are talking the language and they're going to lead the way. So, yeah, there's no more. Uh, I mean, there's a few players out there from the old days. Adam Jones just this week said, Wow, the, the time backs are giving me was myself a. Oh, if you're not using you're at a comp.
2: Do we lose him? I think we lost him. <sighs> he's so good. He's so good. And he's one of my favorites. I watch him every day. <laughs> yes. If you're not, if you're not delving into it and I, you know, the way I like to put it, it's science. That's the way I like to put it. It's, it's science You're using radar, it's StatCast, it's Trackman, it's these high tech cameras. No longer is it really math equations. We can still use the math equations, but this is not, they're not going to their players with your weighted runs created plus. No, you're going to a camera, the high-speed camera that shows you exactly where your hand is on the baseball, what it looks like when it releases. Now I'm going to tell you once you release the baseball, what is your spin rate, what is your spin frequency? That's where we are in the game. No different. I mean, look at golf. I mean, You look at golf. Golf is where they started TrackMan. And they started doing that. Titleist actually started using TrackMan. If you go back... Titleist, you can go back to like the late 80s and the early 90s, and they were using that to prove that their clubs and their balls that they were selling were better. So it was about selling equipment. And they were doing that in the early '90s, I think, even the late '80s. And then players in golf started to realize, "Wow, this TrackMan thing really works." So golf has been using a lot of this technology for a long time ago. We have Brian. Brian, I hope your cell phone's back. When you have
5: finished recording.
2: Nope. Reschedule. Got to get them on. That's frustrating. That is frustrating. He's probably there in the offices, and they probably get horrible cell reception. And yeah, does he have a landline? He told me his landline's crappy, so he said <laughs> the <to> call again. <laughs> All right. Brian, are you there?
8: Technological uh, disaster. I'm sorry. Um. Suddenly, it's not where, But here I am. I'm back.
2: Okay. Perfect. You know, I was just talking about this, and, and so my brother is is a golf pro in San Diego, and. He's telling me, God, we were using TrackMan in the early 90s out at Titleist. It's amazing how technology Hmm. from other sports, including college baseball, is now being used in the big leagues. And I think it's fascinating how college coaches and guys who know this technology are now just not getting pro jobs. They're getting big league jobs. How much does that surprise you?
8: Yeah, it's it's happened fast. You know, even when I was writing – you know, my book, which was, you know, probably came out about three years ago. And so I was writing it four years ago. I even, uh, I I wrote in the book that we're not even using a a fully operational talent pool. Like there's all these college baseball coaches. You're telling me nobody can manage in the major leagues, not one. It just didn't happen. And now we see how it is happening. It's happening because they're advanced in uh, these like competitive realms in the new data, in, in utilizing the latest tools to get these advantages. And so they're well-versed in this, and now they're having instant success. So it's amazing how it, it's happened, and it, but it's happened because minds have opened. That's the main thing. I mean, I hear it, you know, tech this, tech that, yes. But minds have opened, and, it's, you know, it's happened since, you know, the late 70s, early 80s from Bill James' days. It's taken this long for the culture to finally – spin around and accept, like, hey, there's a new way of attacking this. We worked so hard to beat each other out on the baseball field. Let's accept all the good information and let's use what's useful.
2: And you always wonder – Okay, from Moneyball to where we're using math equations to now the science that is StatCast, Rapsado, TrackMan, what is the next wave? And I've been wondering, been asking, and I asked Scott Boris this the other day when he had our number one pick here. Is it neuroscience? Is it the brain? Is that the next way to figure out how players tick and how they get better?
8: Along those lines. Um, it could be in, um, and we, we hear these things, but, you know, mindfulness, which is something Jim has been on top of for years. You know, I asked Joe Madden once, um, hey, when your players are struggling, and this is when he was with the Rays, and a lot of them were, I said, how do you attack it? You have so many tools now. And again, this was, you know, I don't know, six, seven years ago, but still, it was you have so many tools and ways of attacking it, it's it a little more complicated. How do you go after a guy who's struggling and try to help him? And he says, I don't, I don't look at tape. I don't want to see, the, I don't want to see the, the heat maps. I don't want to see any of that stuff. I want to ask the player, when you go up to the plate, what are you thinking of? <laughs> I thought, whoa, that's revolutionary. And I think we're just scratching the surface on that and getting players mentally prepared uh, to be out there and be in the zone. So that's probably it. the part is also. To, grind playing six months of straight major league baseball the other part is going to be health and finding new ways of building your body to uh get through a six-month season uh with a minimum of injuries i think that's it but again every time you think you know what is coming around the bend it takes a different turn uh, i don't think anybody saw all of this happening with uh, swing planes and Gaining advantages with pitch sequences, at least nobody saw to this extent. So it's going to be fascinating to see what turns next and who's able to take advantage of it the fastest.
2: Out of all the teams in baseball, the way they run their organization, top to bottom, who impresses you the most?
8: Uh, It's the it's the obvious teams uh, that you see. It's the Astros. It's the Dodgers. um, It's the Cubs. Uh, the teams that are utilizing the Yankees as well, Red Sox are still quite good at it. Um, you know, Indians are, are, are good at it, and the A's obviously are good at it. Um, you know, the, it, it's just a matter of how good is your organization, top to bottom. Is everyone pulling in the same direction? And then you, have, with a whole approach. By the way, the Twins very quickly uh, got on board and, and are now very advanced. But it takes a while to build that infrastructure and be fully equipped um, go to battle and win little wars along the way. And it could be, you know, a bench player, you know, is, uh, you know, is able to hit the ball a little bit better. It could be a relief pitcher figures out what he was doing wrong, or small things, um, or a lot of things. It could be having a different coach or a second pitching coach or, baseball ops people being having more conversations with the players on the field with the coaches on the field and getting the information there but those are the top teams i mean there's um you know there is i don't know if i mentioned the indians indians belong in there too but there was as we heard last year a bunch of players that got traded talk about an information gap so i think you know at the very top it is the astros and dodgers who are just better built at the moment. It's not that they're smarter or that nobody else is trying. It's that their organizations, their structure is a little better and a little more complete.
2: Let's end on this. It's always interesting when the Rays play the A's because these organizations with the issues with the stadiums they just they, they just mirror each other so much but the yankees your yankees just beat up on the rays there at yankee stadium and they they burned a lot of bullpen i'm not sure how much opener we're going to see but but what is it for you that you like when you see the a's take on the rays and you know this is all about analytics we're going to see openers what, what do you like about a series between the a's and the rays
8: Well, you're right, and I I should have mentioned the Rays in there too, and I guess I didn't. But they're an obvious pick. They've always been at the vanguard of the revolution, and these are two dynamic organizations. Um, Obviously, the A's, you know, through its history, Billy Bean before that, Sandy Alderson, um, and and even up till now, where they're thinking of ways of getting ahead. They're thinking of, of of finding players that do something that they like and developing that of making good trades. Um, and that they've been kind of snake bit this year with all the pitch, pitching injuries that they've had. Uh, but to see those teams go after each other is, is exciting. Um, and again, they're dynamic on the field. I mean, they have good young players, athletic players on the field. They have some of the top fielders in the game, obviously Matt Chapman, uh, Kevin Kiermaier, Tommy Pham. So that's what I think, you know, obviously, you know, we're wonky. So we dig what's happening behind the scenes and that they're attacking each other uh, from a resource standpoint, but they've put out exciting teams on the field, you know, physical athletic teams and to see them just playing each other on the field now is a pleasure. And I noticed that actually from the, like the first series watching the Astros play the Rays, because I still had in my mind the kind of little sisters of the poor Rays that were last year. And watching them this year, immediately I was like, wait a second. These guys are you know, dynamic. They're muscular. They look like a, a different team. Just by making little you know, small changes here and there. Uh, those guys, I know they, they don't look great right now they got beat up by the Yankees. Their pitching didn't look good. Uh, but these guys are ready to rumble.
2: No doubt about it. And I'm not blowing smoke your show. I absolutely love the show DVR it every day. I never miss it. Keep up the great work. We truly appreciate your time and we'll talk to you soon.
8: Well, thank you. No, I'm honored by that. I, I, I really appreciate you saying that and I'd love to do the show again and, I'll get like a new space age phone. We'll be ready to go. <laughs>
2: hey, 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 If we're talking analytics and getting better, you got to get a better phone.
8: Yeah, you know what the like the, the old phone that used to dial that used to you know used to have the long phone cord from the kitchen, like in your parents' house. I don't know that worked. How did that work? It's like 1973. How did that work? <laughs> Take
2: care. We appreciate it. All right. See you guys. Uh, Brian Kenny. Yeah, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, his show is second to none. You will get the most baseball information that you're going to get. And I love how the show, they have all the different former players. Our buddy Eric Burns is on there all the time, or Al Light. I mean, they got all the guys that get on there, but it's truly – just talking baseball high heat is also the one that you absolutely love with chris russo where you get a different perspective it's more of the talk radio perspective on baseball which of course that's kind of what i do <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of my deal and that's why i love uh chris russo and always having him on our program and uh, do we have the mad dog chris how are we doing welcome to what uh, ace cast live
5: hey good to have you uh, good to be with you guys how you doing today things good what's he- going on Fill me in.
2: The reason I wanted to have you on is because – what I've done in my career is something that you did also. As we were on Terrestrial Radio, you took that chance to go to Satellite and start your own series and start your own and have your own network. We're doing the same thing here as we are we are the only team in baseball allowed to have a 24-7 station on tune-in. We are the guinea pig. Everybody in Major League Baseball is watching us because they know this is the future. So you understand taking that responsibility. Risk. Wow. And we're doing the same thing here with the Oakland A's.
5: Oh, very good. That's a tremendous job. Sort of a uh all A's all A's all the time, almost like being in Green Bay doing a Packer show twenty four seven. Uh that's a tremendous job. Listen, in my situation, I knew the owner, uh, Mel Carmerson very well. Uh I knew um uh you know, I, I I was I had done twenty years on on terrestrial, so it was time for a little bit of a change. Uh, you know, Sirius, although they were struggling at that time, they did have Howard Stern. So uh, I knew that, uh, you know, as long as Howard was there, the place was going to have some listeners. So it wasn't quite as dramatic as uh, a lot of folks would like to believe. But what you guys are doing, that's a heck of a job. I was not even aware of that. So for you to do basically uh, A's uh, 24-7, uh, is you doing it in the season as well, is it 365 days a year?
2: No, we're doing it all year long, and we've developed this show, which is our live show that we also do with the pre and the post and the broadcast, so I knew you would understand, you know, when you take a gamble, but it's very, very exciting, and the thing about baseball and the thing about the A's, you know, this franchise dating back to Philadelphia has always been at the forefront of baseball, and the great thing is, is that we can talk A's, we can talk any sport, I mean, we can talk any team, so really, we're covering all 30 teams plus covering the A's and giving him this great coverage. I wanted to get into, I know what a big Giants fan you are, and Madison Bumgarner looks like Farhan Zaidi's going to have him out there and potentially trade. If you're one of those teams that's looking for a starting pitcher, how do you not line up and say, I need this guy for the postseason?
5: 100%. Uh, you know, I don't like to see the Giants trade Bumgarner, but I certainly understand that they get a long rebuild there. Uh, you know, uh, I would think the Yankees could use him in the worst way. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Houston, uh, they could use another pitcher. Certainly Atlanta in the NL. You know the Bumgarner would rather go to the NL because they can hit. And obviously Atlanta's not too far from Carolina there, so he could you know, he's not too far from home. Uh, I don't know if the Braves, who have a great farm system, I don't know if they're going to give the Giants what the Giants would like. The Yankees could give the Giants Frazier, who's a good hitter, Uh, Can't play defense, doesn't really have a place here to play in New York with, you know, Stanton and Judge and Hicks in the outfield. The Yankees can spare Frazier, who just got sent down to the minor leagues uh, when they made the trade for Encarnacion. So uh, there will be enough teams out there who would want Bumgarner, teams that would obviously have a chance to win a championship. I don't know if the Braves feel that they're going to win a championship even with Bumgarner because nobody's better than the Dodgers in the National League. I think the Yankees, with the Red Sox having won a lot of titles, including last year, for this century, I think the Yankees feel desperate this year that they have to win it all. So I could see the Yankees doing something. And, again, I do think going will waive a no trade. Uh, I would think Yankees right now, I still think because of the fact that there's a want, they need another pitcher, and they have a spare guy that can give the Giants who's good in Frazier, I still make the Yankees the team to beat there as far as Bum Gardner is concerned. I really do.
2: Now obviously the Yankees what a year they've had with all the injuries and, and where they are and still standing. I actually in Carnation that the Mariners were here when he got traded. I understand for the regular season, but have they become too right-handed for postseason baseball with you know so many teams having all these great right-handed relievers?
5: Uh, I'm not worried about the Yankees right-handed. I am a little worried about the Yankees being a home run oriented team. And you're right, everybody in that Yankee team, except for D.D., is going to basically hit right-handed in big games. I'd be a little worried about the Yankees being a little feast or famine, and, you know, they will strike out a lot. Stanton will strike out plenty. So will Judge. So will Sanchez. Uh, so I'd be a little worried about the strikeout proportion and, of course, a little too much with the homers. I'm, I'm not worried about righty to righty. If the Yankees are swinging the bats well, they're going to hit anybody, with the maybe exception of Verlander, in a big game. Um Uh, Listen, the Yankees need another pitcher. Uh, The Yankees will have a formula in the postseason where they will go to a million relievers, as we all know, and there's a chance that when you do that, you're going to find somebody who doesn't have it. I'd be a little worried about Boone making too many moves in that spot. So, I mean, the Yankees, and of course Houston's very good. So this will be a... I mean, the Yankees this year have to win it. Uh, If they lose in the postseason this year, that's not going to be accepted in New York Uh, The Yankees need to get to a World Series. If they lose the World Series, I'm sure the Yankee fan will live with it, but the Yankees have to get to a World Series. So uh, a a lot of pressure on the Yankees. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting American League. I think really the only two teams that can get to a World Series out of the American League are the Yankees and the Astros. I don't think the Twins, I think they're built for the regular season. I don't think the Red Sox are going to go to the postseason. Tampa just got waxed here in New York. They don't beat the Yankees with that punch and Judy lineup. So this will be a, uh, I think this is a Yankee-Astro thing, and the thing to keep an eye on is the fact that they could play a best-of-five series instead of a best-of-seven series based on the fact that Minnesota might have the best record, and if that's the case, they would play the wild-card winner, which is not going to be the Yankees, which would be Boston and Tampa. So we keep an eye on that, and I know you think maybe the A's, but really Boston or Tampa.
2: You know, we just had the Orioles here, and we had Jim Palmer on the show, and just the disgust in, in his in his face and his voice about where they are, and, my, and Mike Elias their general manager, and I'm looking at, you know, what is the plan here? How do you feel as a long-term baseball fan where you just have so many teams that are are trying to go into this total dumpster fire, revamp, we're going to try and be like the Astros? It's not going to always work out like it's worked out for the Astros.
5: Or the Cubs, 100% right. But the problem is if you're the Orioles, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go bring in some free agents, moderate free agents, and go out there and then bang your head against the wall? and get pounded by the Yankees and the Red Sox. They tried that with Chris Davis. They gave him $161 million. It was the worst signing in the world. And now they, got to, they can't get rid of him. So the Orioles tried to be competitive. They, know, uh, they brought in Alex Cobb. That was a disaster. They brought in Jimenez. That was a disaster. Davis is an unmitigated disaster. So nobody can pick on the Orioles because they tried to do it, as you just said. to try to maintain some credibility as a franchise, win some games, Maybe get a little lucky and, you know, go out there and win a postseason series. They lost that terrible game, of course, to the Blue Jays. But they tried it, and it wasn't successful. So, and when you're in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox, I cannot blame you if you're going to, you know, wait for another day before you go out there and try to compete with them. So I have no problem with what Baltimore's doing. I, Kansas City just won a championship, so you can't kill them. White Sox appear to finally have straightened out a little bit. Tigers, you know, have been a pretty competitive team, so they're going to go in a different direction. I think it's a very tricky spot. I think it's more of an American League problem. I think it's also got to do with the fact that if these American League teams see how good the Yankees and the Astros are, Red Sox normally, and they think they can't win even if they try to win and win 90 games, that they're not going to win a championship series against those clubs. The Indians would be case in point. So they're not going to, you know, they're going to go in a different direction. I, it's bad for the sport. But I can't, I, I can't kill the Baltimore Orioles for regrouping. I really can't.
2: We're hitting a record amount of home runs right now and going to hit more than 1,000 than last year. Going to set the record. Was talking to Scott Emerson, the pitching coach of the athletics, and we are talking about, is the ball juiced? And then he brought up, hey, is the bat juiced? Is the bat harder? So if we have the harder balls and the harder bats, what's your opinion on all these home runs that are flying out of the yard on a nightly basis?
5: I think, uh, Christopher, it's a combination of about 20 different things. Launch angles, velocity uh, of the pitchers, so the ball travels more, smaller ballparks. I think the ball this year might be a little tighter, so as a result, that will fly too. Uh, I don't know enough about the bats. I'll listen to Scott if he seems to think that's a factor. I think it's a lot of issues. I think this is a cycle thing. I think you'll see baseball try to readjust next year and keep the home runs down a little bit. So I think you'll see them do something specifically maybe with uh, what they do in Colorado with the dehumidifier with the balls. I think you'll see something down the road. Uh, But I think it's a combination of about four or five different things that has brought us this home run explosion. And it's too bad. A good case in point the other night, Houston's playing the Reds, uh, Houston trails by a run in the ninth. Houston gets a leadoff guy on, one of those young kids who's got a lot of speed. Doesn't steal the base. Bregman's up, first pitch pops up. Next guy's up, first pitch. He pops up, guy's stolen first base. And the next kid strikes out. Now, the, can you imagine that? You didn't try to move the runner over. You didn't give the guy a chance to have some st- a stolen base, then move him to third and tie the game up. I mean, the game is, you know, they they don't believe in moving the runners They don't believe in bunting people over. You know, it's a different game. They believe in hitting the ball out of the ballpark is what they believe in. And as a result of that, you're going to have a lot of homers. And you're going to have – then you're throwing a bad – a juice ball, and you're throwing, as Scott said, maybe some juice bats, and you're going to have a lot of, you know, 11-8 games with a lot of solo homers. That's the way the sport is right now.
2: Yeah, and before we get you out of here, I had to get your uh, reaction. We were just talking to Mark Canna yesterday about – and I was with the ball club in Texas when he did his bat flip and Sampson wasn't happy about it, was barking at him. Then the very next day we had the Mun- Muncie uh, up against Bumgarner. What's your take on let the kids play in the bat flip?
5: I don't like it. Uh, I understand why baseball is doing it. Uh, I'm going to do the old Chuck Knoll argument where you want to be act, you know, with the guy who scored a touchdown and danced, act like you've been there before. So uh, I am going to go with that. Uh, baseball is in a tricky spot they want the kids to go out there and have fun the Ken Griffey ads and then they go out there and they have fun and then the pitcher dances and then the hitter gets mad and the hitter looks at a home run ball for 3 hours and the pitcher gets mad then you got a, then you got uh, beaning people and everything else it really in a lot of ways it's baseball's fault they they want this emotion but these are young kids who are very competitive who don't like to be shown up when somebody hits a home runner or somebody is struck out. And as a result of that, you have, uh, you know, beanball incidences and everything else. Now, beanballs are not bad. You know, it brings attention. They get on ESPN. Baseball needs to become more of a conversational piece in, in, the, in the sports world, than it isn't. It needs to become more of that. So, you know, beanballs and the incidences are not so bad, but then they suspend players. So it's a weird catch-22 for the sport. Uh, but they've gone in this direction. They want to appeal, as you know, there's uh, Christopher to the younger fan. So they're, go- they're going to allow the players to do things that are a little crass that Joe DiMaggio in his grave uh, can't believe. They're going to allow this to happen.
2: You've been a pioneer in our business and radio, and, of course, your TV show is fantastic on the MLB Network. Thank you so much for taking the time. We truly appreciate it.
5: Hey, you know what? Great job on you guys' part. That's uh, a heck of a job doing this 24-7 uh, every day of the year. I give you a lot of credit. Good luck. Thank Good you, be Chris. Today. Take care. Okay, buddy.
2: Chris Russo. Yeah, you talk about WFAN and going over to Sirius. Yeah, he's done real well for himself. And Mike and the Mad Dog, one of what a lot of people would say is the greatest sports radio show to have ever existed. They did a 30-for-30 on it, for God's sakes. That's how big it was. And and then have the energy to also do a show, because he covers all sports. You know, that's kind of been the one thing for me that has been really refreshing. I haven't really talked about me. As a good host always does, you always bring it back to you. I really haven't talked about me leaving 95-7 the game. I don't know why. I just... I was really kind of burned out on talk radio. I, I, you know, I've been in, in talk radio since basically 96, 97. It's kind of a long time. And after a while, as you get older, and I remember Gary Radnich at KMBR. I did a morning show with him for years. And Gary used to always tell me, at some point in your, in your life, as you get older, because I had just gotten married I started working with Gary before I got married, and then I got married, and then he always said, listen, you may think that every single sport matters and that all you care about is sports, but once you get married and once you have kids and once you have a mortgage and once you start having all that kind of stuff, your life's going to change and your perspective and your wants and your needs and your cares are going to change. And Uncle Gary was right. As I've gotten older, there's things I care about and things that I don't. And I found myself doing talk radio that I was talking about stuff that I didn't care about. I'd act like I cared about it, but I didn't care about it. And that's what this job allowed me to do was to get away from the daily Oh, my God, I got to come up with a topic and just try and get people to call in. I got to interview a guest that I don't care about just because I got to do these four hours, four hours solo where you're talking for 52. Now, it's not digging ditches. I get it. But. It was four hours. I mean, literally talking 52 minutes an hour. And that's where I I, I, I thank Matt Pearl And I thank Chris Giles and David Cavill and everybody who decided to bring me on with the A's that that I could at at the point of my career, I could make a change and just do what I want. And so the fact that I can work for the A's, the organization that I love, talk about the A's, have a show that I could talk about baseball where we can bring you some of the best. I mean, we haven't been doing this as long and look at the guest list. It's been incredible and to be around the games, and the fact that they're allowing me to still work for the Raiders, and I can still work in the NFL because I love the NFL. These are the two sports I love, baseball and football, and now I can only concentrate on what I love. Oh, hey, let's talk about the NBA (coughs) offseason. Don't have to worry about it. The NHL draft. (coughs) Don't have to worry about it. But that's the thing about Chris Russo is he still has to do the full-on talk show and then be up on everything baseball, which is not easy to do. But this is what's fun is talking to these guys. These are these are the big players in our game. And the way Chris Russo goes after it is far different than Brian Kenny. Russo is not, he's not totally into the analytics, which I understand but it is where the sport is going it's where all sports are going i mean that's i mean that's that that's that, that's just the that's the reality and and think about data is something that drives every corporation we just don't like it cuz for some people you don't like it cuz it's in sports but you got to think the biggest fastest growing companies everything's about data you look at Amazon, you look at Google, you look at Apple, so-and-so. I mean, you can talk Ford, you can talk Chevy, you can talk GM. I can tell you the restaurant business, which what, what everybody has done with their POS systems, you know everything about your food ordering, you know everything about your customer. POS systems have changed from cash registers I mean, it's just everybody. Every business is using some type of data, some type of technology to make your business more efficient and to help you make more money. Everybody is doing that. All righty. What do we still have to go here? David Adler is going to join us coming up here at six thirty from MLB.com. He always comes up with a bunch of great notes, and you know that that's the. Uh, the whole thing about the juice ball, that, that is something that's going to be addressed here at some point. I also liked what, what he said about Madison Bumgarner because I'm the same way. I actually kicked it around today with the great Mickey Morabito. Mickey and I basically sit in the same box and watch the game together. Mickey's in and out all the time. Could we finally, and Will Smith is there from the Giants, could we finally see a, a significant trade? between the Giants and the A's. Now, we are going to have David Forrest Friday at 4.15 on the program. What is today? Wednesday? Today's when I'm losing track. You know what? It's bad? When you start losing track of days. That's when you know you might work too much. But that'll be something that we can point blank ask David Forrest And I believe David always gives an honest answer. That's one thing. David is a pretty honest guy. And what is is the possibility that we could actually start to see the frost melt and actually potentially start seeing deals between the Giants and the A's? Farhan has said, What just happened? Go ahead, Commander Cody.
7: Remember how we were talking about Max Scherzer and the broken nose? Yeah. He just struck out his 10th batter of the game. That's a grown man right there. I have the audio if you want to hear it. Go ahead.
1: 24,220. Waiting to see if Scherzer can strike out three in a row after the leadoff double. With a look of determination, he takes in the sign. It's one and two the pause. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss on a slider. Max Scherzer with a broken nose has struck out 10 Philadelphia Phillies over seven shutout innings. 88th career double-digit strikeout game, six this year. He is worth every penny and more, and these fans love it.
7: Credit 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., Scherzer, 10 strikeouts with the broken nose, the black eye. You saw the image. Yeah. There's a video out on Twitter of him striking the guy out. He's just fist pumping. Like, he's pumped up. As you heard, three strikeouts after, you know, after the double. So, uh, and they're up one nothing in the bottom of the seventh. So, what an incredible performance by Max Scherzer.
2: That's a bad man. 3 times Cy Young Award winner. Six-time All-Star. Four times he's led the league in wins. Three-time National League strikeout leader. He has pitched two no-hitters. He's pitched two immaculate innings. Tied MLB record for strikeouts with 20 in a nine-inning game. Tied MLB record for 250 strikeouts in five straight seasons. Max Scherzer, when it's all said and done, will have a plaque in Cooperstown. He's 34 years old. He will get to 200 wins, and it's a great example of, and as CC Sabathia today, and we got to honor CC, the kid from Vallejo, not a kid anymore, but CC got to 250 today with the win against the Rays. That's career win number 250. He's hanging it up after this year. He will get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. The days of you gotta have 300 wins, no one's getting to 300 wins. Probably the only guy that's gonna have a chance, and he's got a long way to go is Verlander. But Verlander says he wants to pitch for a long time. What I don't get about that is this. He's going to want to pitch for a long time, but yet he demands a lot of money. So at some point, if Verlander's going to get into the 280s, 290s and victories, there's no way he's going to be the same guy. So if Verlander is out there on guile, and he's winning 10 games a year or whatever, you're not paying him 30-something million a year. Is he going to be willing to some point say, I'm not going to be paid to be a premier pitcher when he's – because he just turned 36. So when he's 42 years old and he's trying to get to 300 wins, he may have to bounce around to a couple teams. Think of Tom Seaver. When Tom Seaver won his 300th game with the White Sox, Tom Terrific wasn't dropping that back knee throwing 96 anymore, right? We've seen a lot of the guys who get to 300, they don't have the same stuff that got them there when they get to the finish line. But they can sell. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson wasn't blowing 98 when he won his 300th game with the Giants. He wasn't the same guy. He could still get some wins. Are you going to be – like Randy Johnson wasn't getting paid as a premier guy anymore when he won 300. Can Verlander accept that to get to 300? I'm betting no. I'm betting he won't get to 300. First ballot Hall of Famer, no question. Scherzer, same way. Look at Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez won – off the top of my head, I'm going to say Pedro won something like 215. How close am I? Pretty close, 219 career wins. So, he won 219. So, people looked at Pedro Martinez and said, this guy's career was incredible. This guy was dominant. He was the best pitcher of the game. Look, look, look at his numbers in the steroid era. Look at his numbers compared to the league average. Not even close. Pedro, first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. So, it's guys like that that are showing us that you don't have to win 300 games to get in the Hall of Fame. Scherzer won't. Because Scherzer going into tonight. What's the what's the score of this game?
7: It was uh one-nothing That's when I last. Yeah, you
2: don't know. I mean, the bullpen could give it up, and that bullpen for the Nationals has been gross. Historically historically bad. He's got 164 wins at 34 years old. There's no chance he gets to 300. But Scherzer is a Hall of Famer, no question. Verlander, CC Sabathia, no question, Hall of Famer. And they actually have compared C.C. de Bomb about how C.C. went to the Brewers and left, you know, got traded from the tribe, and then he, I mean, it was pitching on three days rest. It was heroic what he did. Could Bumgarner be that guy? All right, coming up next, we'll delve into some serious numbers. We're going to have David Adler from MLB.com will join us right here on A's Cast Live.
3: Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark
0: app. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shibe Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com/groups. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors.
3: The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program. Presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information.
0: If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's Stomping Ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started.
3: Hey kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stomper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund.
0: Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty, our
2: next guest. I can tell you this: you want to follow him. He's a baseball writer and a researcher at MLB.com, and he comes up with just great nuggets. David Adler from MLB.com, and there's so there. You got to realize that places like mlb.com, mlb.network, they have research staffs that are coming up with all of this information. You can't do this alone unless you're Sarah Lang. Sarah Lang's she's a great follow on Twitter, but a lot of these are they're big think tanks that are able to come up with all these different just crazy statistics that really makes up what we love in the game. Numbers matter in our game. We're a numbers game. Always have been, always will be. Have the numbers changed over time? No doubt. But that's the thing that you love. And when you follow someone like David on Twitter, you're going to get a lot of great nuggets. At underscore D Adler. David, thank you so much for taking the time. We truly appreciate it.
4: Oh, thank you for having me. Good to be here.
2: And you put something on Twitter about an hour ago. And since uh, we are the Oakland A's and we get to see Mike Trout as much as anybody, you put how Mike Trout is the best low ball hitter you've ever seen. And you got some stat cast information. And that's something that we've noticed over the years is I want to say Trout's up to like 33 career home runs against the A's. It, you know, normally for right hand, normally low ball hitters are left handed hitters. That's where Trout is so different.
4: Right, and I mean when you when you look at his swing, it's kind of you you can kind of tell why he's such a great low ball hitter. I mean that swing is just, the swing path is just so dangerous on that pitch, like that little bit of an uppercut. I mean, it's just like, such easy easy power there. I mean, I think I don't have this number handy, but uh, if you if you go back and look at his his slugging. Uh, which is in like the lower third of the strike zone or below. It, it's one of the highest uh, you know of any hitter, you know, it, since that's been been tracked. Like there's like, like Hammond, Yohan, a cam and Johannesbuddhist has been really good against those pitches. So I mean but as as you can see today, he had a, he can hit the high pitch too. He had a 90, 94 mile an hour fastball up in the zone crushed it hundred and eleven point three miles an hour. So got good.
2: Yeah, I I think he's going to work out. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, he's going to be in our division forever. Uh, You know, when when you think about Mike Trout and how he just completely just keeps going up that war chart and the names he keeps passing, you think years from now, do you think people will give him his due, the long-term baseball people, as truly one of the greats of the greats of all time?
4: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, because yeah, at the end of his career, he's. I mean, like, yeah, war is kind of polarizing. Like a lot of you know, old school people don't like to use it. I mean, even even I don't like to use it for everything. I I, I only use war as kind of like a you know a general kind of guideline for how you know how, like you don't want to you don't want to say like oh someone has is a few more war than somebody else so that guy's definitely better. I mean, of course, you got to watch the games, but. Here's the thing, like, the more you watch Mike Trout, the more you appreciate how great he is. Like, he's not – people. I think people kind of, like, you know, the, the fact that his stats are, are so much a part of what he does, like, that, that kind of cloud, like, clouds people's vision. But if you watch him, I mean, he's just incredible to watch. Like, if you watch him in the All-Star game every year, I mean, he just – basically is just better than every single pitcher that he faces. And these are, the you know, the best guys. In baseball and they're like you know letting it all out and for this like short outing in the all-star game and, and his all-star numbers are incredible
2: how great was it tonight to watch max scherzer take the mound not only with the broken nose but the shiner he just recently struck out his 10th guy what did you think about that effort from mad max tonight
4: oh it was awesome first of all he's just my favorite pitcher to watch of anybody. I mean, because of how he acts on the mound, how he, you know, how he's so aggressive, how he goes into it, how he talks to himself and all that. I mean, and, I mean, and today it was just, I mean, ridiculous for, I mean, his fastball, his fastball today, uh, he averaged 96.2 miles an hour on his fastball. That's uh, his third fastest fastball velocity in any start of his whole career. And so he, uh, he clearly had the adrenaline going tonight. It was his fastest uh, fastball velo in any start since 2012. And uh, he, I mean, so he he was getting up to 98. Just, you know, the black eyes. (laughs) Just watching him. I I mean, of course, I was watching because how could you not? I mean, everything about that guy is awesome.
2: Yeah, I love what you put on Twitter. Max Scherzer is pitching tonight. It might be the first time he won't be able to smell the other team's fear. Yeah, I don't. I don't just have stats. I got jokes too. <laughs> that's why. You, that's why you are a, a good follow. Okay, so I think about Scherzer. Scherzer years ago for me was one of the first pitchers to admit that he looks at analytics and he looks at analytics to try and make himself better. Do you think he's one of the first guys that actually said, "Yeah, this stuff can really help me"?
4: I, mean, <laughs> I guess he must be. I mean, I remember he. Uh, he uh, started throwing that like a cutter to, to lefties a few years ago, and that was like a new pitch design thing. So, I mean, guys like him, uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, was like an early pitch design guy. I mean, Verlander's been doing that with the Astros, as the Astros have kind of done that with a lot of their pitchers. So, I mean, these good pitchers that like like I don't, they, you don't need to always you know break down all the data and whatnot. I mean, but. A lot of the best pitchers in baseball do do this. I mean, like you know, Zach Greinke loves to look at the numbers. Very interested in all the data, and you know that he's been able to kind of reinvent himself as the years have gone on. Even now, that he throws like you know high 80s fastballs. So, I mean, clearly the like it can help people. But like we don't, some pitchers can do it without the data. Some pitchers do it with the data. Whatever works.
2: Do you marvel at what the Astros are doing from a standpoint of player development, whether it's their players or they feel they can take a player from somewhere else and make them better because of what they utilize with technology and what they have there with their analytics?
4: Yeah, I do. I do marvel at it. And, you know, I mean, like especially with Verlander and Cole, because like these guys are kind of like they're kind of like Scherzer in in the, the way they pitch, the way they attack with the fastballs and the, you know their their style and and what the astros have been able to 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 do with them and like the what they've ta- how they've tapped into like the the stuff that they have has been like really just really cool to watch and, and I mean it's not even just them I mean Ryan Presley's become basically unhittable since he came to the Astros but like if you look at Garrett Cole like his his fastball his four seam or his his spin has just gone up 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 since he's gone to the Astros his curveball spin has gone up 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 Verlander, you know, changed the way he was throwing his slider. He cha- he scrapped his you know his two-seamer and started throwing four-seamers. And these changes that the Astros have helped these guys made they they I mean you know not only help these pitchers get way better but they all they're also just really fun to watch pitch. I mean Garrett Cole struck uh, struck Yasiel Puig out today you know 100.6 miles an hour like I mean, that dude lets it eat. So so does Verlander. I mean so does Scherzer.
2: You know, growing up pitching, they tell you, build the house at the bottom of the strike zone. That's where you want to live. And then, you know, you you mentioned a guy like Trout as a low ball hitter. You know, the game's evolving, (laughs) and people are starting to ditch their two-seamer, and now the four-seamer in vogue more than ever and in vogue at the top of the strike zone. So it's so – it's crazy to think what they used to teach – and now what we're seeing is throw high four-seam fastballs. Have you been seeing that in the data? Oh, yeah, for
4: sure. Uh, and so like, if you look back, so, I mean, since the beginning of Statcast cast tracking, so since 2015, if you look at the, uh, the num- the, where, where the four-seam fastballs are being thrown, they're being elevated uh, this year at the, the highest rate uh, of any season, and, and last year was the highest uh, before this year. So you, you definitely are are seeing that. Um now like so it, it's I mean that's kind of been like very obvious trend everyone, everyone recognizes that a lot of players will talk about that now, you know, how with with hitters and their swing changes and and uh like how they're how they're trying to hit for more power, trying to hit the ball in the air but that the the vulnerability is at the top of the zone. Uh so pitchers are, are pitching up there. I mean and I mean four seam fastballs are are the rising fast. So you want to throw those high uh, because they they you know they resist the gravity a little bit longer uh, with with the higher spin that a four seamer will have, and so the hitters will swing under it. Uh, now it, it's kind of interesting to see like pitchers who who buck the trend, like like Zach Granke, who who elevates uh, his fastball less than any other starting pitcher and and still has incredible success. But he's not a fastball pitcher. I mean, these guy, I mean guys like Jake Odorizzi is having a great year this year. He throws more high fastballs than anybody, and so yeah. But and it's also interesting to kind of see uh, the, the hitters who who don't have that hole at the top of the zone. I mean, like uh, Christian Yelich, for example, he had, he almost never swings and misses at pitches that are up, which is really interesting. And he's obviously having a great year. So not not every uh, I mean, and he's a guy who's hit a lot of fewer ground balls in recent seasons. He's he's been elevating it more, but he doesn't have that same hole at the top of the zone other hitters have.
2: All right, let's 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 treat this like it's a horse race since we're we're everybody's about almost about 75 games in. If you had to pick one horse to win this race as of right now, which team would you be picking?
4: Ooh, it's tough, man, because there are a few good teams that, and I, I'll I'll give you three horses then I'll narrow it down. I would say the Yankees, the Astros and the Dodgers are the three uh the three you know, horses at the front of the race, and I, I think, I mean, I, I think I still the, the Astros. I think have the most complete team, so I, I think I would pick the Astros. I mean, once they get their guys healthy, I mean Altuve just came back. You know, hopefully, you know Correa Spring will be back soon. Harrison and Correa, but I mean, up and down that team is is just really scary, and they do everything well. They have contact hitters. You know, like Brantley, Bregman's just a great great disciplined hitter they have you know Springer and Correa hitting for power they have the pitching with Verlander and Cole they got relief pitching you know with Presley and all all of the guys in the bullpen they're they're gonna be tough but the Yankees lineup is pretty pretty scary right now too
2: oh the fact that the Yankees survived all those injuries is just wow I mean that's pretty incredible you mentioned contact you know, at one point people are like, ah, who cares about strikeouts? It's starting to seem that contact contacts getting back in vogue, like that, like the teams that have been winning the world series have been teams top five in contact. Talk about contact is something we're seeing the better teams do.
4: Oh yeah. And then, uh, so I was, I was talking to Christian Yelich when, when the brewers were here to play the Mets, cause we kind of joke a little bit about launch angle because he, <laughs> he doesn't like the obsession with it. So, uh, so one of the things he said is like, yeah, you can't just hit for power. Now you kind of have to do it all. And he was like, mean, he's a guy who, who does it all. Bellinger's a guy who does it all. Like these guys, they, they hit, power, they hit for, they hit line drive. You know, they uh, are fast, you know, it, even, even someone like Joey Gallo ha, has kind of, you know, improved in that sense. And Joey Gallo will tell you, I think I remember a quote from him a couple of years ago. He's like, yeah, if you can't have a lineup with nine, Joey Gallos, like, like, like someone who's, you know, Homer or strikeout, and, that, or, and that's basically it. I mean, and, and he's actually made strides too. Uh, hopefully, can, will continue to show when when he comes back from his coming back from his injury. But uh, I mean, yeah, you, you, you kind of if you want to win the World Series, it, it, I mean, you, you need guys who, who do all different types of things. You can't just sell out for for home runs.
2: David, really good stuff. We got to have you on again, and have a great evening. Yeah. David Adler from MLB.com. We got to fix cell phones. We got to fix cell phones. All right, coming up here on A's Cast Live, we end every show with a little bit we like to call buying or selling.
3: Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia, but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com
0: slash ballpark app. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pre-game experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com groups. Athletics.com groups. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you from awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2 2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. The future is bright in Oakland
3: and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information.
0: Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Are we ready? A little buying or selling? It's time for buying or selling.
1: Sell, Right
0: now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live.
2: All right, Commander Cody. All right, all right. Is this a trip for you to, to, for the first time, be in the Coliseum when we are the only human beings left?
7: It's a little weird. I mean, it's a bunch of seagulls flying around, which is interesting because I'm used to seeing that here and at Oracle Park. But just you and I being here makes me think of that scene of Moneyball. Remember where Billy's working out and laying on the field? Like It makes me want to go down on the field and lay there and stretch and just think about life and meditate. Be mindful, as Brian Kenny was talking about how teams are being mindful about everything now.
2: Uh, we can go to, We can do anything we want. We're the only people here. We can do whatever we
7: want. We're, we're the Oakland Ace. We're, we're ace cast. We can do whatever we want. We're building a bully, as the great Hugh Jackson once said. All right, buying or selling number one. Your favorite team from when you are growing up, the San Diego Padres, have the brightest future of any team in Major League Baseball. MLB, MLB.com released our top 100 prospects today, and the Padres have nine in the top 100. All right, can we end, can we end this here? Yes. Yeah. Selling. Selling. I don't. I don't know how you're not buying in on buying it on the help, the hype. I mean, AJ Prowler is probably
2: gonna. I'm selling. Uh, all right, all right. I, I, I can tell you right now, <laughs> there's a reason why I divorced that team a long, long time ago, and I always make fun of my brother. They are, who we thought they were.
7: How to run for a second in major league baseball and home runs though. Yeah, you, you got you, you gotta love that. Good luck. That. Good luck. All right, buying or selling number I'm two. I'm telling you right now,
2: there, 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 there are certain teams. That until you see them actually host the trophy, you're not going to believe they can do it. I mean, there's, I mean, the, the Mariners have not been in the playoffs since 2001. Longest streak ever. I mean, my Pirates had the longest streak ever. They've they had one. The 20, Pirates
7: 20 straight years without a winning. That's without a winning record.
2: Yes, 20 straight. I mean, it's the the Pirates, I mean, it's been forever. What the last time they were in the World Series was 79. It's
7: the last time they won. So, I mean, shout out Barry Bonds for ruining that chance.
2: Padres, it, it wasn't long ago they were pulling this of, uh, uh I remember Peter Gammons. I can't remember what year it was, but this was years ago. Oh, the Padres have the best pitching in the minor league. Come on, stop. All right. I'll, I'll and, mean, and, and, and I'm buying Machado will not be there for the life oh,
7: of this. I'm, oh, I'm 100% in, in on that. Uh, it's, I remember when AJ Preller signed those guys, Kimber and all those guys that one year when they were going for it. He trained everyone at the all Matt
2: Camp, the they got to get Matt Kemp Stop it.
7: All right, buy or selling number two. We need more tweeting from MLB umpires. As you know, Manny Machado was tweet, uh, was suspended one game for arguing balls and strikes the other day. So the Major League Baseball Umpires Association tweeted out something saying, Manny Machado received a one-game suspension for contact with an umpire over balls and strikes and, in caps, violently throwing his bat against the backstop with absolutely no regard to anyone's safety. Violence in the workplace is not tolerated, and offenders, have, offenders are dealt with severely and even made examples of for the good, if it's in police, then they put it. Then they put hashtag disappointed. Don't hashtag. Hashtag lead by example. Uh, hashtag not appreciated. Hashtag violence. Hashtag temper tantrum. On and on and on and so forth. So Major League Baseball put out a statement the other day, uh, re- responding to it, pretty much saying how we don't appreciate uh, so uh, a union re- uh, representing our Major League Baseball umpires tweeting about this. It's the same way we would not want the union representing our players tweeting about suspensions. Buying or selling? We need more tweeting from MLB umpires.
2: Are you kidding me? I'm selling. I can't stand umpires. Oh, you don't want bullying? Well, where's Angel Hernandez or Joe West? Are you kidding me? Who sent this? Is this an intern? It was poorly written. It's like one. It was like an intern or some lower level person put this together. I didn't even know the umpires had a Twitter account, did you?
7: No, I had no idea until I saw this yesterday. So, it's a joke. All right, or selling number 3. The Dodgers of the 2010s are the Atlanta Braves of the 90s and the 00s. The Dodgers are on track to win their seventh straight NL West title. They've been to back-to-back World Series, they've lost to Houston and Boston. They've a great pitching staff anchored by future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. The Braves won 11 straight division titles from 95 to 2003, 2005. That's the NL East. And they won the NL West for three straight years from 91 to 93 with five NL pennants and one World Series win. The Braves went on to have five Hall of Famers Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, Chipper Jones, and Bobby Cox. Buying or selling the Dodgers of the 2010s or the Braves of the, two, nine, the 90s and the
2: 2000s? They're certainly on that path. <laughs> they, but you know what? To be the Braves, you at least got to win one. Yeah. So right now, I, I, I'm going to sell. Let's see what happens this year. But to get to the that run that the Braves had was truly incredible. And, God, if they would have just won one more. But before I can even really put them into the category, they got to keep getting into the postseason. They got to win at least one. The thing is that the Braves only, what, they went 14 straight years of the playoffs? Yeah. And they only won one. They won one. Okay. You got to win one and keep going to the playoffs before I'll even put you in that category. And remember, the te- remember
7: the team they beat, right? The 95 Indians, Indians. who haven't won a World Series in, I, I believe, it's like 40-something years. 1948. Now. Okay. So, they- I'm way off. It's even like 60, 70 years now. So, yeah, the Br- the Indians are trying to break that streak. So, the Braves have that one. I, I-, I completely agree. I think you got to wait and see what happens this year. They've got to
2: earn their break. Even though people don't think the Braves' status is all that great, they're wrong. They were greatness. That's why I have the the Hall of Famers. But, yeah, they only did win one. But once you win one, you're a champion, and no one can take it away from you. But the Dodgers got to win at least one to be even put into the conversation with the Atlanta Braves.
7: All right, last one, because we got a little over a minute left. What? The show's over. Buying or selling Kyle Schwarber as a leadoff hitter. His 27th season went so poorly, the Cubs and Joe Madden put him batting at the top of the order and did not work out well. But this year... They put him in the the, as the leadoff man again. He's hit 11 home runs in the leadoff spot in 30 games. He's hitting le- hitting lefties is just one thing. Schwarber is doing it better this season. In fact, he's slugging against lefties at 500 500 better than righties at 474. Here he has four homers to lead off the game. That's more than Dexter Fowler had all year. The year they won the World Series and the Cubs record for most leadoff home runs in a season is 33 by the great Alfonso Soriano. Buying or selling Kyle Schwarber as a leadoff hitter? Oh, I'm so buying. What's their record since he
2: took over as the leadoff man? That's a great question. I don't have that stat down. That's on me. Okay. Uh, he's got 11 home runs, and how many games is the leadoff guy? 30 games. 30 games he has 11 leadoff home runs. As
7: the lead- in the leadoff spot, he has 11 home runs. He has, four- he has four leading off games.
2: How are you not buying that? And f- four games he's let off with an actual jack? How are you not buying that as a – hey, this game's about scoring runs. It looks like they're scoring runs with him as the leadoff hitter.
7: The 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 record though is Mark Bellhorn at 14 in the leadoff spot in just 53 games, the most by a Cub with fewer than 60 games. off. I think Schwarber's going to get there. Is is Schwarber the modern day Ricky Henderson? I mean, <laughs> Schwarber, what he's doing that coming off that knee injury. I mean, I I like seeing a uh, I like seeing a a husky man play baseball, and that's what Schwarber is. Although he, he kind of toned down a little bit. Because I, I you're a Husky man? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like this. Like I always say, I love fat-bearded men in sports, and that's exact, that's what I am, essentially, almost, and I, I love seeing it now. So uh, that'll be it for buying or selling today. We'll save the Cubs and the the uh, sports books for another day.
2: What uh, what do we got tomorrow?
7: Uh, we're going to have um, Dallas Braden on tomorrow and Vita Blue promoting oh,
2: African-American her- Heritage Night here. I at the love Cubs, Vita. Yeah. Vita's great. One of the great left-handed pitchers. All right, that's going to do it for A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend from the Coliseum. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock to start a four-game set against the Rays. We'll have A's total access at 6.05. First pitch will be at 7.07. But A's Cast Live from the field will have great guests, we guarantee it, and a great show for you tomorrow. Check us out here on Tune in on the TuneIn app, powered by, well, powered by TuneIn, on the TuneIn app, AceCast. Cast, but our live show is A's Cast Live. We'll see you all tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Have a great night, everybody.
0: This has been
5: a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.